This is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we ask people who they are and why they are. I'm Malcolm Outkelt, and I'm here with uh, Shannon Miller. How's it going, Sharon? It's going. I'm tired. I got work tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and today we'll be talking with uh, Hayden Watson. Hayden, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Hayden Watson. Um, I, uh, me and Shannon went to high school together, and we also worked together um, at a uh, at Sunset Lake Camp, um, and that was really fun. That was great. Uh, yeah, since then I have um, I went to school for history and um, religious studies. Um, I, I graduated with my um, with my uh, degree in, in those things. And then I went on to go to, uh, school for education, got my master's in education. And currently I am, uh, I am teaching at, um, a school. I'm teaching uh, middle school and high school, uh, history and, um, and, uh, religious studies class. So that's great. Um, I got married in, uh, 2022. So that's been an awesome adventure and yeah, that's a little bit about who I am. Yeah, so as Hayden said, uh, I met him through high school and also worked a summer together at uh, Sunset Lake. And I I do, I want to say I know his wife. I also worked with her at Sunset Lake for two years. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to have you here. We I know we didn't really get to know each other that much at in high school. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, do you have any, do you have, do you have any pets? Yes. Uh, I have one cat named Arwen. Um, and did, I'm just curious. Did you guys catch that reference? Yes. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, I love Lord of the Rings, and anyways, uh, but yeah, her name's Arwen, she's really great, we've had her for about a year and a half now, um, and we got her when she was a little kitten, and yeah, she's great, she loves, um, playing with a laser, and, uh, she loves, uh, running, right now we have, like, these little tunnels set up, and she likes to run through the tunnels, and, and, like, it's funny, because she'll play, especially with my wife, uh, She'll play, like, hunting, where, like, you'll look at her and make eye contact, and then she'll try to hunt you. So, like, then she'll <laughs> run at you and, like, jump it, jump on you. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's fun. That sounds pretty cute. Yeah. Very cute. So, uh, what, what's being a school teacher like? Just to break the ice. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's uh it's a lot of definitely a lot of work. Um I just to give you a little picture of it, I guess I I get up at like four and I um the school is about forty minutes from my house, so I gotta drive that uh every morning. Um and so I get there about six o'clock, um and I plan <laughs> uh you know and, and grade and stuff for like until until school starts at about eight. Um, and then, yeah. And then the day goes by really fast, honestly, like it's just constantly go, 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 you know? And, um, yeah, it goes super fast, but it's, it's really fun. I love working with, um, the students there and just like 
you know, mentoring them, helping them. And just, I don't know, I'm really passionate about history and philosophy. Um, so I guess it's kind of a dream job for me in a way. Like I love, I, it's like a job where I can actually like talk about those things and teach those things. And I, I love it. Um, yeah. Is it something you'd ever, you ever thought you would do? I mean, does did old Hayden uh, think he was going to be a school teacher? Um, I think I knew I wanted to teach. I even in high school, like I knew I wanted to teach history, but I thought I would be at the um, at the college level, you know. Um, and that's still kind of a dream of mine. I think maybe one day, you know, I'll go back to school and uh, and get another degree. Um, you know, like a PhD and then teach college. Uh, but as things turned out, I, um, kind of settled into, this is my first year teaching, but settling into, you know, um, middle school, high school. And, and I really, I really enjoy it. And you can do a lot of really fun things, you know, um, really interactive type learning and stuff. I, I really love that, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Cool. I, I, like I said, yeah, I never expected you to to be a school teacher, uh, and I honestly didn't know what you were gonna be, because <laughs> you're. I mean, let's be honest, you're kind of a goofy guy in in high school, from what yeah, I know. Goofy yeah. guy. Uh, but it's cool to to see that. I mean, you you still like succeeded in your goals of becoming a teacher. Yeah. Is it, yeah. is it weird mentoring kids? It definitely is weird. It's, it's very, very weird. I, because I mean, I'm really not that much older than, than, uh, I mean like seniors in high school, they're like, you know, 18 or whatever. And I'm, you know, uh, 24. So it's, it's, uh, there's not a huge gap there. So, um, I think that's, that's a good thing. And it's, it's also a little, it's strange. It's like, Man, how am I supposed to be the leader, you know, of, of these kids when I'm not that much older than them or whatever? But, um, you know, I mean, definitely I've gone through college and all that stuff. But it's basically just I went to high school and then went to college for five years and then I'm right back in school. But now I'm the teacher. And so it's definitely a weird feeling. Do you want to yeah, talk about... To... Sorry, Malcolm. I have to imagine that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you imagine... Uh... Or, or, sorry. Talk about some of those good things and like awkward things, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the good thing about it is that I'm familiar. And it's funny because even though we're not that far apart, like some of the stuff that the the students talk about or whatever, I'll be like, wait, what are you guys talking about? Like, you know, the lingo and all that, but I'm not that far away. So I do get a lot of that. Like, I, I think definitely sometimes students struggle with teachers with a huge generational gap, you know, and one mm -hmm. day if I continue being a teacher for that long, I'll be that way, you know, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's older teachers who I loved when I was in high school, you know, and kid, the kids love and everything. So it's a, I think it's a positive thing as far as um, being able to connect with them because I've lived generally their experience, right? Like I had the internet, for example, right? There's teachers who didn't have the internet when they were in high school, right? So, mm -hmm. um, there, you know, all that stuff. But then at the same time, um, I think 
not having maybe as much experience, definitely not having as much experience as a teacher who's way older, you know, um, is challenging. Yeah. So. Are there upsides? I mean, I'm sure you connect with the kids a lot easier than those old teachers though. Um, yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, um, I think that the, yeah, I mean, like being in the same generation, you know, it's funny because I tell them that I say, guys, we're in the same generation. Sometimes I'll, <laughs> I'll make fun of their, sometimes I'll make fun of their generation and be like, <laughs> but then I realize, oh, wait, no, we're in the same generation. Sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'll say, it's funny, like, for example, kids, kids these days, right? They love, um, uh, animated movies and at least when i was in school like i didn't want to watch like cartoons well like i don't know i don't know i just felt like it was more popular like live action stuff was like cooler i could be wrong about that but today like now like if i ask them like do you guys want to watch a movie or anything it'll be like automatically like cars we want to watch cars and i'm like why is your generation cars yeah i'm like why is your generation so So specific animated movies and stuff and then i'm like oh we're in the same generation but anyways that's so specific right cars <laughs> yeah it'll is, be like is, cars yeah is there any other like movies that they like recommend besides i mean cars moana moana that at least feels more recent cars was like 2006 i, I think you're right hold on i gotta look this before up before they cars. were born Mm-hmm. Cars. Why are they so into cars? Cars one. I don't know. Yeah. No, it, cars one, two thousand six. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I no, I get I get you though. Like I there was a lot of uh animated movies around that time, which was great because I think like the technology was getting big, but Yeah. On the other hand, like live action movies, that's what our parents always watch. So we're like, those yeah. are the cool ones. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. So Besides... if you want to appeal to the kids, just go for cars. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what the kids like these days. Uh-huh. I can't. Uh, they're not that much younger than us. That's why. Right. Why do they like cars <laughs> so much? <laughs> I guess life's a highway, and they want to ride it all night long. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I, I don't know how to lead into this question. I had a way, and I don't. But uh, before we started the podcast, you had mentioned that you liked uh, question twenty-eight. And it's how do you live an ethical or moral life? And is it possible in this world? You're also mentioning about philosophy. And yeah. I kind of just want to see, I want to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is there a, should I just start with that specific question and just uh, start going? Yeah. Just go into like uh, maybe your philosophy or yeah. uh, how you try to live that. However you feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, in my opinion, like, I think it's so important for every person to find, like, a moral philosophy for their lives. Um, 
and I think like it's it's the most important thing ever and I think a lot of times we just go on living our lives without really sitting down and thinking about like how should I be living you know um and I think it's it's very very important like I mentioned I'm because of that reason right um religion gives us answers about that and whether you believe in it or not you know that's that's one thing but religion does say that it has philosophies for us to um telling us how to live basically and so i love teaching um and you know i'm at a public school but i i love teaching you know all different religions and i think that's a wonderful way for kids to get like um knowledgeable for anyone really to study world religions is to you know to study different ways of living and and different philosophies of like how to live and i just i love that so yeah isn't it also basically to teach history with those religions and and philosophies yeah it's definitely all connected um i mean you can't really can't really understand history without understanding uh religion too because you know it's so intertwined yeah why do you think it's important for uh, to teach those other religions. Yeah, so I think that um, I think that it definitely opens up people to other um, visions of the world. Like in my the class I'm teaching right now, half the students are atheist and half the students are Christian, right? Um, and you know, we learn. Um, about Judaism, Christianity, Islam, um, and then, you know, the Eastern religion. So uh, actually, we're, we're doing a unit right now on, on atheism um, and its relation to religion. And then, uh, you know, we're going to learn about Hinduism, Buddhism, and uh, then we're going to look into African religions, uh, you know, traditional African religions, as well as uh, the version of Christianity that has been prominent in um, or, uh, Ethiopian Orthodoxy um anyways in 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 africa and then um also uh native american religions as well but i think what's really cool about that is that um i think a lot of times we see people from other religions as or from you know just any religions in general if you're an atheist you see someone from another religion you think oh that's strange or whatever but actually meeting someone from that religion is pretty amazing and, and understanding where they come from so i have guests from different religions come in for every unit um so far and that's been really amazing to see the students like actually talk back and forth with someone from a different religion that they've never even like a muslim who they, maybe they've never met a muslim person before in their life you know and that's pretty an amazing thing to see how do you how do you go about teaching or how do you go about bringing these guests in or is it do you is it after you already kind of inform uh, your your uh, I was about to say your classmates, but your your <laughs> students uh, like yeah. how like what's the general uh, idea of of certain religions? How do you go about like bringing in those guests? Yeah, so we will generally like for example, we just uh, finished Islam and we learned about. Uh, the basics of Islam, um, as far as like the origins of it, um, with uh, the Prophet Muhammad, and uh, and some other things, you know, relating to the general um, kind of basics of Islam, and then uh, 
we actually had two guests. One was my my professor from the University of Oregon um, of Religious Studies, and he specializes in um, Islam. And he came in and talked to them, um, and basically it was mostly just a question and answer time. Really, that's what I do with most of them. Um, is I have I have the students write out you know five questions for um, uh, each guest, and then uh, that they want to know about the religion, and then these people as experts, or you know someone who's uh, another guest came in for Islam that he's a he's a Muslim man, and then they ask these the questions they have for them, and so I don't it's it's a pretty amazing um, thing. A lot of times the kids have really good questions, so yeah. Do they ever uh, like discuss it after the guest has has uh, like come in? Like, do you guys have a discussion about what you learned, what you didn't learn? Is that kind of something that happens? Yeah, yeah, we do that every time where we will kind of have a reflection time where we talk about what are you know what are things that stuck out to you about what they said, you know? Yeah, that's so you cool. Do you feel like you often change students' views on those religions, like, majorly? Um, I think definitely the... I definitely think ignorance uh, is diminished a lot as far as about those religions. Like, for example, <laughs> um, a students were surprised to know that Islam has the same God as Christianity and Judaism, you know, mm. and um, that was kind of a shocking thing to them. So that's a big, that's a big switch, right? From seeing Islam to a completely different religion. Um, and, and having that as your view of that religion to being like, Oh, like it's actually um, Muslims believe in Jesus and Muslims believe in Abraham, you know? Um, so mm -hmm figures from Judaism and Christianity they actually believe in, right? So it's a lot different. And I think that's uh, that's a pretty amazing thing that I don't know as far as changing their views on, like, for, you know, people have uh, bigotry or, or prejudice against certain religions. And I don't know if that changes necessarily. But I think um, students are really receptive to, to meeting someone from the religions and they've really enjoyed that. So I think I would say, yeah, if they did have a prejudice about it, I, I, I would assume that they have a different view of it now after they've met someone from the religion. Honestly, I think that's an important, uh, like subject to teach, uh, yeah. especially nowadays because mm -hmm. there's a lot of miss, uh, I was, I was going to say just miscommunication or misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, cause personally, I think, I think the, um, you know, world religions or religious studies, whatever you want to call it, should be requ a required class. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I I honestly think it's it's a good thing because there is just, like you said, that, that ignorance about certain pieces of religion yeah. um, in general. Yeah. Now, I, I would like to ask you, uh, from what I know, are you still spiritual? Are you still christian would you say or yeah yeah i am um and so then you know i mean that me teaching and and just studying religions you know that's i i would say more it's it's tricky because i always make sure you know i'm not i'm not trying to push any one religion at, at school right that's my professional side of things that's i'm always trying right. to just give the facts and you know have people open their minds and everything but yeah as far as my personal life goes yeah i i am a um, I'm a Christian and, um, 
Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm very religious and spiritual. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, uh, when you teach these, uh, different religions that like almost you share different values or different morals, uh, with them? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that, um, I think that a lot of Christians limit themselves as far as thinking uh, that they have to stick with, you know, only studying or learning from the doctrines of Christianity or the Bible, right? And I think, I think there's something so beautiful about um, the idea that a lot of religions have really great things to share, you know, and um, they. I think we. I think there's something that we can learn from every single one of them, no matter what religion you are. I think I share so much in common with other religions that, um, you know, to just say it's, it's like, yes, I'm, I am a, I'm a Christian, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm open-minded to all other religions or most other, you know, religions. Um, and I, I love studying them and trying to learn from them. And, and a lot of, you know, the thing about religions is that, different religions emphasize different things, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times in Western thought, we think that it's, it's a general idea that, Oh, I'm right. And you're wrong. Whereas I think there's a, there's another way of thinking about it as in like, we're both right, you know? So anyways, yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, saying that you're, you're both right is it, it depends on, I guess the perspective that it's coming from, because yeah. it's just a matter of history and, and personal beliefs. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah, those different teachings. Yeah. You're both, you're both right. Um, I was going to ask you how, how different is it teaching at a public school versus going to private schools, basically your whole life up until college, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's more similar than you might think. I mean, the only, really the only difference I think is just the, uh, basically just, I mean, not being able to, I mean, in, in, in Christian school, you, you know, pray before you have school or you might have like religious assemblies or something like that, you know, or you might, um, yeah, but I mean, in general, the teacher, I mean, I don't know, you might not agree with this, Shannon, or you might, but I think at Christian school, as far as the teaching or curriculum goes, it's not very Christian at all. It's just normal, like, you learn history and you don't really talk about God in it or anything like that, um, and so forth, But and, and, except for the Bible class. So it's really not, it's not as different as maybe I thought it would be, you know? Um, yeah, I, a, I don't think, yeah. There's, there's almost that stipulation, like, uh, public schools versus, like, a private academy or a private elementary school it's like ah public school yeah Uh, yeah there's always just that i guess uh it's it's not criticism i don't know what the word i'm thinking of i think it's sort of like a fear (laughs) yeah no that that's a good way to put it i mean i went to a quote-unquote public school for elementary school but it wasn't that much different from going to the 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 christian elementary school that i went to like for a few years yeah it, all all it the only difference was like the amount of times we pray and the amount like we get out early on fridays 
especially for an Adventist school, Adventist institutions. Yeah. yeah. I just never, I, I mean, I never been to a quote unquote public high school. Um, just talking with my friends out here who, who did go it, it, there were some things that were different, but for the most part, we all learned the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Huh. It's cool. To, it's really cool that you're teaching history though. I, I, it just, yeah. History. And you said philosophy a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I teach, um, I teach American history and then I teach world history. Um, and then I teach world religions. Um, and then I teach like a, basically like a college and career readiness class. Um, Oh, sweet. Yeah. And then, oh yeah. And then I teach a, this is kind of a random one, but at a small school, you know, they, you got to do a lot of different things. Um, but I I teach a, a class that's like strategy and logics, which is basically just where the, the kids play games and they, you know, think about what the strategies are that they in these games. Yeah. We chill. That strategy and yeah. logic class sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's the middle schoolers, though. They get to play games and stuff. And uh-huh. just recently, we, we created our own. They created their own games. So, yeah. It was fun. It's a lot of classes, though. Yeah, that's definitely the challenge is that um, is like teaching so many different classes. There's so much, you know, like. I always really I love doing like interactional activities and like things that, you know, get the the students really interested in in whatever subject we're talking about. But that, you know, takes some preparation. So it's it's definitely a lot of uh, preparing for all those classes. But yeah. Do you ever do you ever catch a break? I mean, uh, like, because from what I understand, teaching teaching is a huge, a huge, like, uh, emotional uh, load. Load, yeah, load yeah. emotional and mental. Uh, yeah. How how do, how do you feel about that? Um. Yeah, I think definitely it's it's challenging. Of just like you said, the amount of just like emotional and social energy that you have to um use throughout the day at the end of the day you know i come home and i'm just like exhausted you know but at the same time uh you know teachers do get the summer off and we get (laughs) we get breaks throughout the year so you know it's it is really nice to have those that helps a lot do you think it's it's because of the emotional load it's sometimes challenging to like when you get into those one-on-one conversations with your students, uh, is it hard to like maybe determine your professional side of life versus like Hayden Watson outside of school? Um, yeah, I mean, like for example, I guess that we were talking about, you know, religions and everything i gotta sometimes i gotta catch myself from bringing in what i really think about something you know um Mm. and be like try to be more objective about it you know instead of bringing in my own thing because my goal isn't for them to 
believe any particular thing. Even like I taught a government class and I had to talk about politics, right? Um, and my goal isn't necessarily for them to believe any particular thing. It's I'm trying to get them to think about how they think and think critically about, you know, everything. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not to make the students think like you think. It's to make them think in exactly. their own way that they truly believe. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of teaching, uh, mm-hmm. personally, because I always had this weird uh, mindset that, like, all, not all, but a good majority of, like, the public schools are, like, trying to, <laughs> it's just a weird conspiracy, I guess, is to, like, lead you or train you into thinking one way. But it's good that, like, to for me to see that an actual teacher is not trying to do that, but instead trying to make those kids critically think and to think on their own, basically. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's true. I do think that, um, I think it is important to teach in general Right, and these are things that anyone from any sort of belief system can generally agree on, right? Um, about general, like, morals, I think is actually a good thing to teach in school. Like, most people believe that, you know, we should be kind to people. And so I think, like, for example, with history, looking at how, and ways in which um, people have been hurt you know and how can we do better in the future i think that stuff is great to to look at um so looking at like morals in a in a kind of a vague sense not from one particular religion or anything like that but looking at it from things that most people agree on you know is is good Mm. yeah we can all agree kill people bad right exactly well with this uh discussion of kind of like worldviews uh especially in your in your students what what is your what is like the simplest way to describe your worldview yeah um i think my worldview is maybe there is no simple way yeah just 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 describe it it's no big deal yeah um, I think as as I've, you know, I, I grew up um, Christian, and I think, to me at least, what's important is to constantly be reevaluating what I once believed, you know, and what I believe now, and to compare them and to move along into maybe something, a new version of that. And I think it's, it's good to have a constant, like, evolution of um, your faith uh, if you're a religious person. Um, and to constantly reassess what I believe in. And I think the big thing for me is constantly asking, like, why it is I believe what I believe. And um, so I think definitely it's it's changed over time. But um, right now, I guess I'm kind of obsessed with the philosophy of Leo Tolstoy. Um, and he was a Russian author, if if anyone doesn't know. And anyways, he... He wrote um, a book I'm reading right now called The Kingdom of God is Within You. And the main point is that Christians basically actually need to accept Christ's teachings. Um, 
because most Christians don't. That's his argument. And I love it because I think that it's easy as in, in religion to pick and choose what you want from your religion. Um, but what he's saying is basically like, you know, for example, uh, Christians say that we want love and forgiveness for people. But a lot of Christians are okay with um, war and in general, right? The idea of we, we support the government and support all those type of things. And, you know, the government doesn't love its enemies. It, it, um, it kills people. It hurts other people. It wages wars, right? It takes revenge. So mm-hmm. those are actually directly opposed to Christ's teachings. And so, like, I think it's important to um, really, like, be careful on, you know, how, which, which, what are we taking from Christ's teachings and, like, what are we following from it and what are we just leaving behind and not thinking about? So, like, like you said, just pick and choosing, like yeah. how, how most Christians do, or or uh, talk the talk, or what is it? Talking uh, the talk, but not walking the walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Like, I mean, yeah, we can say that, but how are we actually living in that way? And I think, um, I think a lot of times in Christianity, um, and I'm sure in other religions as well it's becomes more of kind of like a show or like just something that is supposed to benefit yourself. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for religion to be benefiting you. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's really supposed to be about helping other people. And, um, what I believe is that religion and life in general, if you live a religious life, um, should be about decentering yourself. Um, which means, putting yourself not as the most important thing in your worldview, right? As we grow up when we're like, when we're kids, that's the, just because of the way we are, right? We're in a body and our body ourselves is the most important thing ever, right? Um, so we, we defend our stuff, right? Like when you're, when you have a kid, when you're a kid, you have toys, you, uh, and you don't want to share, share with anyone else, right? Um, and, that's a, a natural thing, but I believe that religion comes in and says, no, like you need to actually put yourself after um, other people and, um, and see them as actually the center of the universe instead of yourself. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing to do, but it's the, it's the most, it's the challenge. It's challenging, but it, to me, that's like the core of what um, true religion is supposed to tell us. And you're talking about mostly like being humble. Uh, I think yeah, being humble, but also right, being like, like yeah, humble, humility, right? But like, mm-hmm. I mean, unselfishness there. That's like, man, that is the toughest, toughest thing ever. Like, it's like I said, it's so natural to be selfish and just look out for our own interests, right? Um, but if everyone looked out for everyone else's interests, put other people first, I mean, the world would be a different place. And I think that's maybe something don't focus on enough. No. I think that's I, a, a very true point. Yeah, we, we we tend to focus on ourselves a whole a whole bunch and we we don't take a chance to like learn from people. Mm-hmm. Learn yeah. from other people's experiences and walks through life. How um, do you what actual actions and like 
processes do you go through to do that, to learn from those people and to look upon them as important and major in your world? How do you do that? Yeah. Um, I think I'm not good at it, you know, and I always want to strive to be better and better. And I just realize, like, oh, like, I const- it's the constant battle I have to fight where I'm, you know, like trying to live the the true or the the religious or spiritual life right um and i think it's it's a it's a journey and it's hard but um i think one thing that um religion tells us and it's like it comes together i guess when you think of it that way is for example right the idea of of tithe in religion is like the idea that you give away 10 percent of your wealth or your money whatever money you get um no matter what your status is as far as how much money you get you give that away and that is a way that um i believe you know god is like lets us know that this is like it's not all about you right give away at least 10 percent of your of your money so that you are using your 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 income as also a way to to bless other people or to benefit other people and not just yourself you know um so i think that's something that's really important for me I think, um, you know, just trying to constantly be um, compassionate and kind, especially as I, you know, work in school and, and and trying to be kind and compassionate and giving to students, I think is really important. Now, when when you talk about tithe, does it I, does it specifically uh, just mean money, or does it just mean like your wealth? That's a good question. Um, I interpret it as money in general. So I mean, like, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. that that makes sense for, uh, like for for you and I who who can give up that that wealth that money, uh, for other people who who might need it. Um, exactly. Yeah. I just that specifically tithe has always been something. Like just just the word tithe, I always tried to understand it a little bit because I know a lot of people can't give and they want to give or they try to give and they always maybe feel guilty uh, yeah. if they can't. Mm. So I, I, I don't mean to, to stop your, your talking or your point, but I was just, no. tithe is just one of those things that I've always questioned. Yeah. It's not a yeah. bad thing. Yeah. Like what, I, I guess uh, question it is in the sense of like, what if, what if you aren't, what if you don't have a lot or something like that? Yeah. No. That, yeah. You're hitting the nail on the forehead. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I mean, I can tell you that uh, <laughs> me and my wife don't have a ton of money, right? Like we, I'm, I'm in, I went to school and the only way I paid for school was through student loans. Right. So I don't have, if you look at it realistically, right, I don't have any money as far as like I'm in debt, like quite a bit. Right. Sure. But to me, it's like my duty and an obligation, even if I don't have um, a ton of money, whatever to do this, no matter what, you know? And it's like, yeah, to me, it's, it's important to do it no matter if I have a ton of money or, or not at all, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. What what are some other ways that you uh try to live up to that 
I guess to that battle that you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Trying to always, always be positive, or not necessarily positive, but try and and be kind. I I I don't think being kind is always a positive thing. Sometimes it can mm-hmm. be negative, but yeah. How how do you live up to that? To like Malcolm was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, something I think is like so important and is, is just the idea that like, um, of never trying to get back at anyone for anything, you know, I think that's really important is that is the idea of like never, ever taking revenge. Like that's something I never want to do, you know, and it's easier said than done, but right. Like I'm never even getting back. Like it's something so, you know, as someone who's married right like when you when you married you start fighting with each other or whatever and um it's easy to if you know they say something that maybe is hurtful and then you say something back or maybe you start it and say something hurtful and they say something anyways but the point is right even in like the smallest relationships in in the in the biggest sense like i mean in the smallest sense of like in a relationship right like someone says something to you that is hurtful and then the gut reaction is to say something right back to them, you know? And I think it's so important to try to just like stop that right where it is, you know? Um, because it just goes on and on. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with, with the world is that like people will take revenge all the time. And, and as we know, like countries take revenge on each other. Um, right now mm-hmm. the U S is taking revenge on, um, on these Arab countries for uh, not countries, but groups of, of Arabs who have attacked us troops in the middle East and it goes on and on. Right. Um, and, and I think that if people learn, if we all learn, you know, never to take revenge on, on each other, then the world would just be so much better. I mean, something simple, right. Is like, I think in, in today's society, we, we are tempted to write, horrible reviews about businesses you know it's just it's just a normal thing to do but to me that's a form of taking revenge right let's say you didn't get good service or whatever so you're gonna go and and make someone else's life's life harder um and make people make them look bad because of an experience you had but i think it's important to let that go right and just um uh as much as you can like just let it go yeah not being spiteful or or being yeah like you said revenge yeah those cycles of violence only create more violence exactly yeah even like and just on an emotional level right that's it's the same it just gets bigger and bigger as you go outward right like on an emotional in in a family right it just it goes on and on and then in a in a inside a country the the fighting with each other goes on and on and then countries fighting each other that goes on and on so it's just it's um it's a cycle that i think the only way you know to live in what you might call the truth or something like that is to try to uh stop revenge in yourself or stop the stop any sort of hatred or um or resentment you know which is sometimes hard to do almost it's almost like a ripple effect if if your if your revenge comes out then it's it's going to just be a long ripple effect of getting bigger and bigger and bigger till it's yeah like you said country and between countries uh 
the violence or the, or the warfare. But personally, yeah. that is a very powerful choice to make to stop it, to see that ripple starting and say, no, this ends with me. Yeah. I'll just sit yeah. here and take it and we can stop the ripple. That's such a, exactly. It's such a big way to, to look at everything. Cause I know like I, there's sometimes where I feel like so small in this world or this universe, like my impact or something has, has little value, but yeah. just mentioning the, the ripple effect is, I mean, it's important. What you, what you say to that next person, it's like a butterfly effect. It could change yeah. all of history just because of one person said something. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's easy to look at the world and feel helpless when, you know, we see violence and different problems in society or whatever. But I really think, I mean, as much as a lot of times, the only thing we can do is, is decide in our own lives, how we're going to live our own lives and order our lives to some sort of philosophy or, you know, a system of morals or something like that. Um, or, religion and and stick to that and say you know all i can do is is choose how i'm gonna live and how i'm gonna live i want i want that to make the world a better place you know and sometimes that's all we can do hmm. yeah yeah do you i was talking uh with my therapist today about uh but being selfish versus like a self-care and do you think there's an importance to because of that ripple effect do you think there's an importance before you try and help others that you go ahead and try and help yourself Uh, not help Mm -hmm. yourself to certain things but like help yourself that you you maintain your like healthy lifestyle or or Mm. i think i cut out there like your healthy lifestyle or something yeah i think i think that it's it has to be a balance because i think in some ways people it's so easy like i do this when i think of self-care right it is easy to like think of it like to indulge maybe like less uh healthy habits and put that under the name of like oh i need to do self-care right like for example uh going in eating a bunch of junk food right which you know every now and then that's fine or whatever but if you're doing it all the time is oh this is my self-care this is going to get me through the day right it becomes kind of a problem right because it's it's obviously not healthy right so i think there's a balance there where it's like yeah like i think i think as far as self-care in the sense of like taking care of your spiritual needs. I think that that's important. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, and physical needs as well, right? Like trying to get exercise, for example. I think there are some things that we do that ultimately benefit other people because um, because we, we are feel better or, you know, are more able to show kindness, for example, because of the things we do. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I I see what you're saying because it that balance between 
whether it's a healthy self-care or you're just indulging yourself on something that is unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, that which is easy to do. End up, so easy. Right. Yeah. It's so easy to do. Yes. I mean, like too much, too much is a bad thing. Yeah. But it, yeah, because that's so that's so interesting. It, it it is almost just a yin and yang, uh, give and take. I mean, you you try and give as much as you can, but you try and take as little as you can, because you don't yeah. want to take too much. Because then, what about X person, X people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh. Well, with with this like philosophy of selfishness and selflessness, uh, do you yeah. tend to be an op- uh, optimist or or a pessimist? And uh, I guess we'll ask the second part of that question after. I think I think I tend to be more of oh man, that's a tough one. I think I think I tend to be more of a optimist in general, but. I don't know. It's that's a that's a hard one. I mean, I think <laughs> I think I am like optimistic about. I mean, if we're talking about like, man, it's kind of both. Like, for <laughs> example, if we if we take this that what we've been talking about as like, you know, living out your life philosophy that you choose, right, or your life um, morals and religion, right? It's like on one hand, I believe that you know, because um, I've accepted God's path or God's way, you know, and accepted uh, um, God, like, I can, through through God, I can do this, right? And on the other hand, I also, <laughs> just looking at history, we see that people who um, do amazing things also mess up and do bad things too, you know? So it's like, um, even the best, most amazing people do some, you know, uh, mess up and and don't reach their their standards right and so I don't know it's it's a little bit of both like I believe that we can human beings in general can be really good but at the same time I, I understand that like we we also can can mess up a lot and I don't think that's necessarily like I don't know we can't be too hard on ourselves for that but yeah so so you kind of at least with your philosophy, you kind of have this middle ground. Like you're, you're always striving to, to, to be better, to do better, to, to follow that philosophy to a T, but sometimes you falter and which is, which is okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With, with that, with that gray area, do you, do you tend to see people being innately, bad or innately good i know what christianity teaches but what's what's your opinion yeah um that is a it's a really tough one i think that yeah that's that's a tough one i really like um this philosopher named simone vey i kind of mentioned part of her philosophy earlier but she has this idea that God actually gives us. <laughs> so, okay. So 
um, in the Christian view, right? God is the center of the universe, right? Like everything revolves around him. He created everything, right? Or he or she, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what God's, I think God is both male and female, but, um, right? Like she creates everything. She's in the center of everything, the center of the universe. And in the story of, of, of Jesus, right? Jesus decides to take on humanity and like goes from being the center of the universe to being uh, a human being in a little in our little planet in a place uh you know a, a desert area or not all desert but anyways in the in the land of israel right and so he's taken from being the center of the entire universe to being onto the sideline of everything right um uh and what simone Ve argues is that God actually gives us in the way the same exact um, opportunity to do exactly what Jesus did, which is to go from being the center of our own world, right? And into being, into giving that up and saying, no, I'm actually not the center of the universe. Other people are actually more important um, than me. And, uh, you know, and I think it's natural, like, like as far as humans being created, or made a certain way. It's like, it's just a natural part. And God actually wants us to, he, he created us in that way so that we have the chance to shed our sense of self, um, a sense of like self that is, that we're the center of the universe. He gave us that, that, um, chance to, to say, no, like I'm actually going to put that aside and not be the center of my own universe, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, but I think, I don't know. I think that's another one where it's kind of a gray area. Like, I think, for example, when you, uh, you know, I worked with with kids for a long time in an after school program, and I think sometimes they would be really mean to each other, right? And other times they were all accepting of each other and kind and all this stuff. So when we see, <laughs> when we see, uh, you know, when you're a kid, it's a little bit of both. I, it's hard to say that it's one or the other, you know, I don't know whether you're all right i don't think when you're a kid you're completely evil but i don't think you're also completely good at, at the same time huh i don't think we've ever gotten that answer malcolm where oh, where it's, interesting one where it's both i don't i and i don't know if uh i have a fully formulated opinion about that because like i mean Right. In a lot of Christianity, and this comes from, in a big sense, I mean, the Bible mentions it and stuff, but St. Augustine, he he had the idea that, right, when, when you're a baby, even like a newborn baby, you would rather see, he says, when I was a newborn baby, I would rather see another child starve um, and get the milk of my mother all to myself than, uh, you know, like, than to have it share share the, my mother's milk or whatever, right? So he's he argues that like it's like you no know, like you're evil, like from right off the bat, right? Like you you would rather see another child starve than to than to share your the milk that your mother gives, right? And on the other hand, there's the idea that uh, um, there's an interesting idea that we're born perfect, and then society is what corrupts us, which is interesting, um, and. This comes from uh, the philosopher Rousseau, or Rousseau, and he says that, you know, 
human beings when they when they've gotten together in these big groups that actually corrupts it corrupts us like um because you start competing with each other like crazy right and that's where the violence comes from from competition um but when we're in small groups or we're you know younger we don't we are more pure and we don't we aren't influenced as much by like competition which is interesting i don't know what do you what do you guys think which one do you think it is that you know even just talking about it uh at least from my perspective i i've always just with the christian faith i've always seen it as innately bad but i mean but even god talks about how pure uh kids are uh like jesus when he's talking to the little ones everybody's shooing them away and that's where like i guess that bad sense is is when they're when they're adults but when they're kids they're just excited happy-go-lucky they they haven't experienced i guess like pain i it it depends on everybody's situation but i don't I don't know. Maybe I think you may be changing my opinion on uh, what that is. How do you feel, Malcolm? Uh, I believe that humans have no innate nature, uh, mm-hmm. and therefore to call them innately good or bad would be to misunderstand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that any fault are their own, and any... I can't think of a good... Any fault is their own, any good action is their own. Mm. we have no i mean this does originate from me not believing in a god unsurprisingly uh that we are we are left alone we have no excuses for our actions as Mm. kind of as sartre john paul sartre said Mm. now i want to i want to ask you malcolm is is it different from actions are different than intentions or is it just the result of those actions that we have determined good or or bad i think that good and bad are value judgments and i am not i am not all-knowing and therefore cannot make those value judgments without my own internal biases Uh, i do believe that people can act can try to do good things can have good intentions and still do terrible things. Yeah. Uh, I believe that most people, this is just because I, I like to think that people are good because otherwise it's kind of sad. Uh, I believe that most people have good intentions. I don't believe that's innate. I believe that is societally formed by our group bonding. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm curious, Malcolm, like, would you, would you say, though, that there is a sense of, like, just a, a really intense sense of um, survivalism in us, though, where we constantly, right, we, like, the general, in our minds, we'd rather see ourselves, <laughs> like, we'd rather see ourselves succeed and other people's mm-hmm. fail, other people fail, like, a sense of competitiveness, that is pretty innate in us. I I think that, I don't know that I would say that it's innate. I think that might be one of the few things that could be called innate because of our ancestral evolutionary, like, we need to survive because 
we need to have offspring and propagate our line. Right. Because that is often coded into, like, hard-coded into creatures uh, who just need to survive. Yeah. And um, I agree with that, and I think what, and I guess that's where, in my, you know, personal opinion, it's, it's that's where Christianity comes in, and, or Christ comes in, and he says, no, like we got to put that away. That that innate part of ourselves that's about survival of, of the fittest, or you know, survival of, you know, yeah. I'd rather see myself succeed and other people fail. He says, no, like you got to put that away, and that's the toughest thing. But he's he's like, we got to put that away, and and he showed that in his life where you know, um, he would rather he would he would rather die, you know, um, than to hurt someone else, you know. Yeah. So, and I think. I think that's that's to me what's really meaningful about it is that I I agree with you and I believe that that we do have that sort of because of you know everything we we have that sort of uh, of been towards survivalism and and competition all the stuff and to me what religion does is comes in and tells us no you gotta you gotta you gotta put that to rest. Yeah, I think that that's a very uh, very noble worldview that. We are, we have these innate needs to survive and to fight, and we can put that aside. We've reached a point societally where we don't need to fight. Yeah. That's true. We're we're so competitive now. I think we're almost more competitive because now it's a matter of technology. We're trying to get better and better as as a country versus other countries. Yeah. Huh. It it feels and as a history teacher, this is where I'm bringing on that side. <laughs> but like, you know, I've been, I was just recently teaching about World War One, and it's so similar. Where it's just, it's like when we constantly are focused on making technology (laughs) that's that with ability to for competitive reasons right a lot of times it just it just is going to backfire on us right and i mean that's what happened in world war one they created all this new technology and then they got to use it and millions and millions of people died right so it's yeah i think it's it's um it's just something that and, and in my life, right, I see, oh, I can't change the whole world, but I want to try to to be that that change in myself, you know. But like I said, I'm not very good at it, and I mess up all the time, and it's 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 the hardest and most challenging thing ever, you know. And I think um, just because you you know decide to live in a certain way or whatever doesn't mean that you're the shining example of it. So yeah. <laughs> well, bef- before we close out. Because uh, we're a, just a little bit over our hour mark, uh, I do want to ask: with the discussion of World War One, do you feel like technology is both a uh, is is a good thing overall, or is it a bad thing overall? I think, and I mean, you could disagree with me on this for sure, and you know, but I, I think that in general it's a bad thing. Um, 
at the same time, I do see it's hard to argue. I mean, I see that like, like for example, medical things, those can be really those are I mean those are amazing, right? Um, so I I think there is a good use of technology, you know, for helping people, and I think that's pretty amazing. At the same time, I just think that the amount of violence that technology can do, the amount of, like, I mean, you guys have probably heard the studies and stuff that says, you know, uh, people are really affected in a, in a negative way as far as uh, being on social media and everything. And we're all, on, most people are on social media, but it can be a really damaging thing. And, you know, like, in my class, I ask students, how many of you think that it's a, technology overall is good for you? And how many of you think it's mostly bad for you? And, you know, these are teenagers and, and the general idea about that the society has is, oh, they just, they love their phones and all this stuff. But a, a lot of them said, no, it's, it's, I know it's really not that good for me, you know? <laughs> uh, especially for, for students that, uh, but like before we were, or when, we were growing up that technology became like so huge and like Mm -hmm. within the first five years of our lives, which I guess is the first year of their lives. It's, it was, it got even bigger, even faster. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just that, you know, technology can be a force for good or a force for evil, but when people are, when we use it in a competitive way and in a, in a way about violence, it just, it just gets horrible. It just goes horribly wrong. Right. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw Oppenheimer, but it's that whole idea of, you know, like <laughs> it's knowledge is good, but it can be used in a, in a bad way. I haven't seen it, but I, I mean, it's the Manhattan project just in exactly. a visual sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, Hayden. Uh, uh yeah. Thanks uh, so much for having me. It's been, it's been, it's been good. It, it's good to hear just other people's opinions. And there was a lot of your opinions that are more open, uh, but also like, uh, I guess what I was saying is left open ended. Uh, like you're, you're always trying to experience new things or learn new things, yeah. which is really humble of you, which I guess is what we were even talking about with your, uh, your philosophy is like trying to be humble and not so selfish. So, um, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really good. Thank you guys. It's really nice to talk about stuff like this. Um, so I am going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we let you go. Uh, thank you to Nadia Diaz for our podcast cover art. Uh, her Instagram is Arthead Creations. Uh, that'll be linked in the description. Go ask her for art. She also sent me her portfolio, which I do not have in front of me, of what it is. Uh, but that should be linked down. I'm I'm trying to grab it as we as we speak. Uh, that portfolio is www.nadiadiazvfx.com. Uh, that's n w dot n a d i a d i a z v f x dot com. Whew, got it in one. Um, 
And then also thank you to Jensen Crawl who made our intro and outro for the podcast. Uh, we still are promoting his uh, musical Tea Time. I think he's still working on that. I honestly just need to ring him up and say, hey, what else you got going on that we can share about? Um, but go listen to his song, Knocking on Doors. Uh, it's going to be linked in the description. You can find it anywhere, uh, Spotify, iTunes. and uh, we have an email. Uh, you guys can send us questions to ask people like Hayden, uh, like whatever need you need be. Uh, it could be anything. It could be about dogs. How how Hayden feels about dogs. Of course. Hayden, how do you we... feel about dogs? I love dogs. I wish I could have right. one, but my the place I live doesn't allow it. <laughs> Don't send the question about how you feel about dogs anymore. Well, you can still send it. I mean, we'll just ask the... Oh, I guess we'll just ask the next person. Um, But that email is uh, waiting4seconds at gmail.com. That's waiting the number 4seconds at gmail.com. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Hayden, for coming on once again. Yeah, it was very good talking to you, Hayden. Yeah, great Um, to be here. Thank you. So we'll see everybody next time on the Shed. On the Shed.